Hello and welcome to Any Last Words podcast with me, Ricky Lee. If you've ever been on a bus, a plane or a train and your battery has died on whatever electronic device you carry and you're just sat there without anything to listen to, you tend to turn to those humans that are around you and listen into those conversations. And this podcast is basically allowing you to do that. Um, I'm going to be calling up some great humans from my phone book with their consent, of course. So and yeah, we're going to have basically a chat and general discussion about any topic that that human is bringing to the table. So let's call our first human. She's a friend. She's also a relative. And her name is Sash. And one of the things that she wanted to talk about was endometriosis. So let's call her. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, I shaved it. Why? Um, it was New Year's Day, and I was like, I'm gonna get it all off, start again. So, are you gonna dye it blonde again, or just leaving it? At the minute, just leaving it. Why? Retro, isn't it? Oh, natural. I think it takes a lot to be bought, as you can tell. <laughs> I'm practically brunette now. So how have you been? I'm alright, I'm just tired. You're pregnant, so I think that's... Ugh. Um... <laughs> it's such a... You know what, I never realised it, like, obviously because I'm older, but it's so hard way. And it is as well with this endometriosis, Ugh. It's just like constant pain all the time. Is it actually worse because of your endometriosis? I think it is, yeah. I was in I went to hospital last week because I generally thought I was having contractions because I was having this real bad I'd finished work. Right. And I was like, oh, I, I feel real like off and I've got this thing called pelvic girdle. It's like your pelvic it's like supposed to be closed but it's man's open. So like when you like walk or lift your leg up to put like your knickers on or get dressed, it's just painful, right? Right. And then I was having this real bad pain in my side and I was like I know that the baby's fine but like I just didn't understand why I was getting this horrendous pain because on my last scan I had three six on my left hand side and one was on my ovary mm. and then when I had my 20 week scan they said that one of the cysts on my ovary had gone and I thought but it can't have gone because endometriosis like cysts don't just go like they have to be surgically removed right so i was like i definitely don't think this sister's gone because i get like a niggle pain and that's what i used to get before mm. you know that that's completely different to just being pregnant and uncomfortable and then um so i went to the hospital i was in there all day and there was like oh the sisters like shrank a little bit but it's actually there i was like i fucking knew it was <laughs> like it's a good job i know my body mm. so, can honestly, i ask it was it like a male doctor or was it a female doctor no it's all female. Really? Yeah. And are they supposedly like experts in your case? Yeah, basically, yeah. So I did speak to a specialist and he rang me because he was like, we can't actually obviously operate on you while you're pregnant. But he was like, if you do get this sharp pain, it can mean that your sister's twisted. But he did say yours shouldn't twist because it was only like, say, three centimetres. Right. So he said, because it's only three centimetres and it won't grow anymore, because your endometriosis is caused by your period. So every time you bleed, it fills up your pocket. And that's how you end up with sick. And that's why you have to have surgery. So it was like, if you get any like sharp pains or all like that, it was like, I, I want you to come in. But when I spoke to him, I said, 
said, oh, well, the sister's apparently gone. And he was, like, real bad, like, real confused. <laughs> and he was like, oh, right. And he went, well, I probably won't speak to you now until you've given birth. And when you're four to six months after birth, that, that's when we'll obviously see what's watching it, like, with your ovaries and stuff. Yeah. So when I spoke to him, because he was, like, saying, oh, obviously, if this is twists and stuff like you're pregnant, like, it can be real serious because basically you have to choose, like, if you have the surgery, it can cause a miscarriage. Right. So you basically have to choose, like, if you're willing to take the risk. And I said I would have taken the risk. But then I don't know what the complications would be if you didn't have surgery and it did twist and bare. Bloody hell. So then when I had this real bad pain, I was like, oh, I feel like something's wrong. Do you know, I didn't think that there was anything wrong with the baby. Mm. But I thought, well, is, is the baby distressed? I mean, what's actually going on in there? Mm. So I went and they just said, you know, it has shrank. And basically, it's just take, you have to just take it really easy and just take, like, painkillers. And I was like, yeah, but I don't feel like I should have to take painkillers all the time. Mm. So, like, when you're pregnant, it freezes your endometriosis, which it does. Right. But you already have your endometriosis there, so what happens with the stuff that's already there? Because you have scar tissue from your surgery. Right. You have adhesions that make all your skin inside, like, stick together. Yeah. That doesn't go away because you're pregnant, because it's already there. Yeah. Same as, like, this that you got. Like, that cyst on my ovary was already there. Yeah, it doesn't just disappear so, because you're pregnant. Yeah, so like it stops, it, it should stop everything from growing, but it's not going to stop anything else. You know, your stomach's growing because you're pregnant, but you've still got all these scars, which is just real uncomfortable. Mm. Like going to the toilet and stuff like that has always been quite painful for me since, well, actually, I can't really remember a time when it was, but I thought that was my normal thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, it's endometriosis, really, that I think I've had for a lot longer than you've been diagnosed as yeah. yeah so like i don't mind having it because what can i say i've got it but sometimes the information that medical people give you it's frustrating mm. because they tell you all different things especially like nurses and i always say well you specialize in endometriosis because if you do i really don't care for your opinion because i don't think unless you're a specialist that you have the intelligence of like what it really is about mm. and like when you go in and you explain to them they look at you like you on crack honest <laughs> god they do they're just like right well, well why is it, you know why is it so painful or well oh that's a bit odd and i think it's not odd it's because it's endometriosis it's not that's what it is so you think that there's a lack of knowledge in this medical profession and a lack of empathy for endometriosis that just gets put into the bracket of well women's problems then yeah, basically. <laughs> and then I want to stop the base because endometriosis is worse than childbirth. Yeah, I think that endometriosis is something we only touched upon, but I know it's one of the biggest things in your life that affects you. And it's just so frustrating because there's not that much education on it. And you think about your education as like young adolescents, like when we're learning about periods and things like that, they don't really tell us this is what it is. They didn't really talk about it. They, there was all about, you know, condom on the banana, but they didn't really talk about what it means to have your period for years. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, the most part, I 
but they so much more when they're like precarious situation. Like people just have bad periods in general. Yeah, I I suffer like, with my periods quite a lot, and it's just like this conversation isn't open enough. And it's not just open it between women, it's about men as well. Like, educate us from an early point so both parties understand what our bodies go through each month for years on end and how it changes you. And, like, some people really, really suffer a lot. Yeah, and another thing that I don't really agree with, thing that's not really spoke about, is how effective the pill is. And I don't mean pregnancy, but I mean how much it affects young people mm. mentally and emotionally yeah you know if they do school periods or take this yeah yeah get the, get the rod in or get the injection each month i know that it sort of stops the period so like it stops the physical side of things yeah but then it can bring on depression anxiety mm. and all things like that like i was able to take it wanting me after coil mm. after my operation and there's no hormones or anything in that but I was like well no I don't I don't want that to like I've been on the pill and yeah. I definitely feel like a different person when I've been on it definitely I yeah. haven't been on the pill for years and I would never go back on it it's not a quick fix yeah. for me I don't want to be changed by a pill just so I don't become pregnant no that's not for me a choice I want to make and like the pressure that it is on young girls especially like young women you're the person who's responsible for getting pregnant it's like all on you it's not on the guy like he doesn't have to take a pill he doesn't have to like you know have the nine month pregnancy or go for the abortion or do any of that it's all on you and it's like not even an open discussion of what that makes you feel like and what do you think about it like what do you think about taking a pill that changes your hormone well actually I don't think that's pretty cool well cool let's talk about it i think that's the problem there's no communicate especially in british culture we're like a bit shut down and closeted about it aren't we we're just like well okay this nurse like you say is telling me to take a pill i should take the pill yeah and i do and you know i I remember when i was No. I know, and I it, 
like what you said then about it increasing your and you already have your anxiety and your depression and stuff and it's just like another layer on top of it something you already have and then taking the pill that increases that hormone and that thing in your body you're like how am I coping with all of this and I'm such a young age you know I don't understand what it means anywhere to have all of these hormones or anything like because they don't really teach you enough about what it means to be in your body and what it like feels like and then you're like yeah. scrambling as an adult it's like well I, I've been feeling really crap with this what is this I think like obviously especially now with, like mental health is out there and I, I, I know that there's a lot of teenagers who feel well depressed and sometimes I think well my first question as a parent if I had a girl would be well first of all I would give her the option to the pill mm. if I thought she was sexually active but I would definitely give her the rundown of, like, well, you know, you can feel this way. Yeah. Just so you know. Because, like, are, you, are they really depressed? Or is it what they're putting in the pill thinking they're protecting themselves the wrong way? But really, the state of mind mm. is changing. And they think they're well depressed. Mm. But really, is it just because you're taking the pill? Yeah. Because when you're young, you don't really know, do you? You, can't, you know, because you're You can't distinguish up. your feelings, really, can you? You don't really know yeah. them because they're new. Especially at that, like... Um... Well, what are you cooking? I'm cooking a jacket, jacket potato. Is that my t-shirt? Yeah, do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's great. Like, where did you get that? You know when you come to decorate, you let it. Right. <laughs> and then I found it, and I was doing a whitewash, and I thought, do you know what, I'll just wash it. Because there was a bit of paint on it, you know, from when we decorated. Yeah. And I, I didn't think the paint had come out, to be honest. Because we had, like, hot, we was, like, glossing, and there was, there was just all sorts of there paint. Was, there was it. a lot of paint, yeah. And then I washed it, and I was like, oh, do you know what, that's Oh, that's it's really it, It's not even my t-shirt. It's Benjamin's, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that because I recognised the right. I was just like, is that no? She, but how would she even have my t-shirt? I'm sure it's in the drawer. But that's cool. It's cool. Um, it looks better on you. Thanks. I can proper see your um your baby bump right now. I know it's still big. When are you due? You know I'm due pretty soon. Like it's only April, but I feel like it's just gonna be soon. Like I think obviously in April at some point, but I mean like it's not far away, is it at all? No. Because February is a short month. We're already like in the middle of January. Mm. It's a lot to take <laughs> in. I think I don't feel like I've had enough help. <laughs> That's what, like, one of the things I want, like, how was last year for you? Looking back on it, have you had a time to, like, reflect on it and just sit and think, wow, that was 2020 for me? I personally think 2020 for me was probably the best. No. Honestly. Right, okay. I think you're probably the only person in the world, but, like, go ahead. I know because I was going to put a date on Instagram, so when we got put in this lockdown, I was like, I know, like, lockdown would be great for everybody, but, like, for me personally, like, well, it kind of, like, what is happening like now in my life really because mm. obviously like I probably wouldn't have dated Liam that with no. if, if, if it like hadn't been like obviously it was lockdown and then when you could we was messaging for like months well before like the Christmas time and he was like oh we should go for a drink and I was like yeah and then I thought well I don't really want to be involved with anyone just because I wanted to get an house and really just wanted to concentrate on myself and Liam mm. 
everything. And then um, that was my plan. But then we went into lockdown. So then we were messaging like all that time. Yeah. And then when I did say that I'd go out for a drink, we went on lockdown so we couldn't meet up anywhere. Yeah. And then when you could meet like one person out of your bubble, um, we obviously hung out. But like I got to spend a lot more time with him mm. than I would have done in, in like if normal life was normal. Like, I wouldn't have had time yeah. for him really. So... I think a lockdown for me, I think it definitely, like, was a good start to, like, man and Lee's relationship growing. And then, obviously, I got my house in the August. Mm. And then and then I was pregnant, which I obviously didn't think was ever going to happen. No. So, I think it's been amazing for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, how would you... Obviously, you're um, a mother already. Leo is awesome. Is he 10? 11? He's 12. He's 12. <laughs> Sorry. I, I bracket that age group as 10 until they're, like, 18. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're always Yeah, I 10. know, yeah. Yeah. I do with other people's kids. <laughs> so um and now you found out that you're gonna have baby number two and this is like 12 years later since you've obviously had your first one what was that like to find out well i was speaking actually to liam today and i was like you know what i am pretty scared really like i think i think before there was so much stress and so much other drama going on Mm. that like i don't think i really had time to think about it no i was thinking oh i just need to be a good mum. do you know what i mean yeah whereas i haven't like Liam's real good partner wise mm. do you know like it's, it's just everything I would want in someone mm-hmm. so I think I'm really lucky that I've met a partner so yeah and it, yeah. So the experience is different for me so I don't have no stress whatsoever from and do my you relationship. feel like because obviously when you had Leah you were so much younger you weren't really yeah. an adult woman like you are now you're like 32 3 33 sorry I'm real bad with it I, I was gonna say 35 glad I didn't <laughs> well, like, I'm glad you didn't because I'd have to end the call <laughs> No, like, that's such a different age, isn't it, to, like, have a kid? Like, obviously, now, do you feel, even though you say you're scared, do you feel more ready for it in a way because of the support system you've got this time round? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a completely different experience, a nice Mm. one. I'm not saying that Leo's one nice, because it was, but in different ways. Um, But, yeah, I think that the age gap and everything's changed from 12 years ago. Mm. Like, I mean, everything's changed. Like, just everything you do with a baby is different to, like, what I did, you know. I mean, it's not, like, extremely different, but there's, like, loads of things like, oh, you know, should you put your baby this way or should you swaddle <laughs> a baby? Do you put mittens on a baby? I mean, the list goes on and you think, God, it's a bit overwhelming. I try not to read it now. What, where think, have you been reading should you put mittens on well, a baby? <laughs> Honestly, on Instagram, I follow all these like pregnancy people. Right. And they're, like, Do you mean pregnancy like, police? No. Like. <laughs> Yeah, well, basically, I did like the FBI and kids have it. <laughs> so they'll say, like, you know, babies. So some people are real forceful, like getting those blankets and wrapping them up quite tight. Right. I mean, obviously, not tight where they can't breathe. Survive, but, yeah. you know, so that like, it's like in the womb. Um, and then others say that babies should be allowed to stretch out and 
like mittens so the babies use the hands to feel and do you know what I mean but if you have if they have mittens on all the time it's not good for them and I'm just like fucking hell like none of this was like that intense when I had Leah no. there was there was baby books but there was just basic like you know but make that, sure the back that's the difference and... with social media isn't it your information now is geared on Instagram and that sort of thing yeah. and that platform is so much wider than like books because only certain books get published whereas social yeah. media anything can get published can't it until it's flagged down as you know inappropriate you know what i do what i what just bothered me a little bit this whole breastfeeding thing why does that bother you too why does it bother you i feel like it's just a way to put i feel like it's really pushed what do you and mean? i feel like i feel like you know everything you go on or if you speak to your midwife it's about breastfeeding like breastfeeding personally is not for me it won't for me when i have mm. I, I feel like it is something i don't even want to do with this one but <laughs> i'm i'm happy with the bottle situation mm. like obviously leo's 12 is clearly perfectly fine yeah, you know, yeah. When he was born, he he wasn't missing out on anything because he wasn't breastfed. Mm. Um, but every everything that you read or if you speak to midwives, it's like, oh, you breastfeeding? Uh, you know, have you got this? Have you got that? And I just think, well, there's nothing wrong. It makes you feel like if you bottle feed you, like it almost makes you feel like you're in the wrong if you want to choose to bottle feed. I can't like really weigh in on it because I've never breastfed but what I would say is that it seems that there's an archaic pressure to breastfeed like obviously that's what they did in the past prehistoric homo sapien times because there was <laughs> such a thing as a bottle but like times have moved on and it's amazing how we've created you know bottles and formulas that allow kids to have milk you know, that is just as good as breast milk because how how many years has bottle milk been used? I'm sure that, like, advert is, like, 125 years of whatever that, yeah, like, sure tub is. thing is. <laughs> I can't... What's the name of the tub? Um, I mean, there's a few now, but Aptimil is... is or Cowan Yeah, that it's one. Like, where they're, like, one. yeah, we've been specialising. So they've done it for over a century, and it's just, like, why are you pressurising all these mothers to all of a sudden get their boobs out, even though you don't even want them to breastfeed in public? So, like, I don't, yeah, I don't get, like, why it's such a a thing but I don't really talk to midwives so I can't really say I've been pressurised to breastfeed I mean well I mean it was mentioned when I had Leo it was mentioned don't get me wrong Right. You know, there was like, but it was it was definitely your choice. You know, there was like, you know, how do you feel about breastfeeding? And if you right. if I said it's definitely not something I'm doing, there was like, that's fine. Mm. But now it's like, well, you know, it's so the first time they go on your boob, it, it releases like stuff that makes their immune system stronger and all the rest of it. So like they sit there and try and convince you that you probably should breastfeed. And I think, <laughs> well, if I've told you I don't want to breastfeed, I think you should just drop it. <laughs> I'm still not that hooked on wanting 
going to do no. it because I feel like I want to know that they're getting the right amount and I don't want to, to be quite honest, I wanted great William without breastfeeding. Mm. I never want to put him down and I'm sure I'll be the same with this one side. One of the midwives was like, you know, you know, a lot of mums apparently suffer with postnatal depression. Right. Um, and apparently one way of like sort of helping a mum oh suppose with that is breastfeeding. But then I was sat there and I was feeling like you're making me feel like I am like I'm gonna get this personal depression and that the best, you know, cure for that is to breastfeed. Well That's awful. I've never suffered with that before no. with my first child. Um hopefully I'll be lucky enough not to suffer with that again. I mean so sorry ever like go through that experience hopefully that's not something I will have to go through. But even if I did, I can't imagine wanting a baby hanging off my tip while I'm feeling that. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know I? Um, it, I wish I was in the room whilst this midwife was like talking to you because it's like, do you know when you're on the street and like, for example, that you get those people who are with a certain book who are like, you know, you should convert to whatever and you're like no I'm quite fine thank you but like you listen to them because you're a polite human and then you're like you're, you're quite sure of your beliefs and everything like that but then they're pressurizing you you know you should take the book with well I really, want to take, I really want I think it's better off if you keep the book like it's I'm not I literally I'm not gonna use the book so it feels like that do you know what I mean where they're trying to convert you and it's just like well clearly I'm not part of your religion of breastfeeding I mean I think you've got to be a real strong person because like I wouldn't say that I doubt a lot of things if I, I you know if I think something I usually do stick to like your, what I'm thinking yeah, you know yeah. I can't easily be swayed in, in most things but I, I, I have thought I've doubted like oh, should I do that? <laughs> you know, should I breastfeed? Even though I know I generally don't want to do it. Mm. But I, I do feel like I've been sucked in because that's all that they go on about is to breastfeeding malarkey. And I feel sorry for some mum, especially probably first-time ones, because mm. when you read the comments and all the forums that you like, I don't put anything on there personally, but I do read a few. And I just think that they really make out like like bottle feeding is like it's really bad if you do it. Yeah. So I do think it pressurises mums into doing it even if they don't want to. Like you should just do what you feel. Obviously, some people are strong willed, are they? They, they no. get sucked in easily, and mm. they want to do the best. And I suppose the midwife telling you to do it, you, you really do take notice of them because they just have that power of trust. Mm. So if your midwife is trying to convince you to breastfeed, it's more than likely you're going to try and do that. So your midwife, is it different from the last midwife you had, like, with Leo? Um, one of them was actually the same. She remembered me. I didn't even know she was. Wow. And she yeah, remembered you? She actually remembered me. She, when I first walked in, she was like, oh, Natasha, like that. How are you? And Natasha? Been... Nobody calls you that. And I was like, oh, God, she's real, like, cheery. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, you know, how was Leo getting on and I come visit you when you brought him home and you lived she said oh you lived in Ingle close because she lived not far from there right um, and that was our like round so I was like oh yeah I did live in, in, down Ingleby 
And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Because, and I, I, did, I didn't remember her, but I remember the thing when she did come round because I'd, I remember bathing Leo and I put him in his Moses basket and he must have had about 25 blankets on him. Right. And when she came in, she was like, why have you got... Well, he didn't have 25 blankets, but he definitely had, like... There was, like, two blankets and then the big sort of cuddly blanket that matches the Moses much. basket. And it was summer, and, yeah, and she was yeah. like, what she was like, um, you probably shouldn't have, like, he doesn't need all that on him. And I was like, well, let's just go out the back because it's a bit nippy. She was like, yeah, but they don't feel the same, like, cold and heat like we do. So you might want to strip a few layers off him. And I was like, oh, thinking, well, it must be freezing. Like, it, I mean, he won't, obviously. So then it did, I, did, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember. Mm, because obviously I felt real bad story. that I yeah. practically suffocated my child. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, she remembered me, and then and then it did thing in my memory, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember, I do remember you coming around and telling me that. But she changed a lot since like twelve years ago. Well, haven't you? Um, well, I would say yeah, but she was just like so, like I don't know, like we'd met the day before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I thought, have you seen my roots, love? Have you seen these roots? I didn't have roots like this when I had the eye, I know that. <laughs> no, you didn't have the eyebrows like that either. What a change in the decade of eyebrows. Can we talk about that? Like, it was thin, you know, those thin lines, and then it's just got thicker and thicker and thicker as the years go by. I wonder what 21's going to bring. With these thick eyebrows, I mean, they do look good, but when I look at someone, all I see is almost like I can just see an eyebrow. Like, I don't see their eyes. You know, some people's eyes or smile stand out to it. They're like, yeah. when you meet people, you're just like, oh, they've got a nice smile. Their eyes are really, like, captivating or, mm. you know, the skin's real nice. But I think because the eyebrows are so thick, it's like you kind of miss all that. It's just kind of like, wow, they've just got big eyebrows. Mm. I think it, it I think it makes the other features not stand out as much. I, I really And they that. all look... And, and I think a lot of the girls, especially how they do with makeup, like they just look the same. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's no individuality in it, is there? Because it, every, no. everybody has the same eyebrows, and it's like, do you not want different eyebrows? No? Monobrow, anybody? No? Yeah. Rachel, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, so yes, people are just. Mm. I want to be like these celebrities and same with the eyebrows and makeup and everything I think it's not just education it's how you've been raised as a a human like for example Simone never put on makeup herself or anything like that she was very much you know this is what you get type thing and then she'd put Mm. makeup on if she was going out maybe a bit of mascara but like beauty standards it was never something like you know you need to wear don't you think you'll look better with it it was never a manipulative mum type thing was it like whereas some mums are like let's get you some makeup and it's like well I'm age six mother but okay yeah Yeah. I think the pressure of being pretty comes in like year seven year eight do you know when you're at school you realize you're not in primary school anymore and you have to like look a certain way do you know what I mean like I felt that when I was at Wolfram I was like why is everyone all of a sudden like caring about like not their eyebrows because that wasn't the thing um like (laughs) 
the the eyeliner like why is that a thing because that was the thing emo town you know but like it just puts so much pressure on you from that young age to like look a certain way to feel a certain way and be like um get your value from the way you look it's like you're not listened to unless you're pretty so sort your face out though type thing yeah it's definitely like that Mm. and I think that's what even worse it sounds I yeah I think especially with I think I I call them the selfie generation like for example Nelly knows how to take a selfie like she knew from what age three they're so conscious of how they look from such a young age whereas you think of us at three years old we weren't looking in the mirror we weren't aware of like our you know imperfections straight we weren't looking into a camera that was changing our face filtering it to look a certain way we've always had this kind of this is how you look and this is fine and then you can look at the growth of like um plastic surgery and things like that it's heavily predominant on women taking plastic surgery men don't do it and why is that men have never been told oh you need to look this way to be you know valued as a person in society oh you have a beard good for you you can hide half your face but if you do it yeah (laughs) i think that's what you have to look at when you're in this uh this decade this 2021 you're like how the world has shifted even in our like 30 years how much it's changed and it's continuing to change and you're just like god that's that's wild i mean Because you so, blossomed out of ugly duckling syndrome. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. So then I was like, went from no one being interested, it was just generally people just liked me for who I was. Yeah. And they didn't find me attractive or like in a romantic way, especially the boys. Yeah. The girls, I think girls weren't really bitching to me just because I was probably just a nice person that couldn't really be bitching to me. <laughs> yeah. But then I went, obviously, up and then within a circle of like being obviously looks at different, so like mm. people. And I think, I think sometimes, like, really think when I was dating, like when, when I was like dating fifteen, because I was so young, like when guys were interested, it was just I generally thought it was for like me as a person. Yeah. It took me quite a long time to ask that. Well, they're just interested and they want to sleep with me, basically. Yeah. But it did take me quite a long time to like realize that. Why though? Because I think I was just I'd spent more years being the girl that everyone just wanted to be friends with, mm. and didn't see me in that way. So then transitioning like when I started wearing makeup changing how I look like what I dressed and stuff like that mm. and then obviously when I started going around town and guys was interested I just thought oh well, this is interesting because they just think I'm a nice person and polite or Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, well, you were naive, really, because... Massive would have been naive, 
yeah. of your youth. Um, I think you only learn that, as, as you say, as you got older. And you realise, actually, they don't even know anything about me. They're just seeing this first and that's it for them. Yeah, so, like, I mean, definitely a few people had it that was more like, they just just wanted you on their arm because you were good-looking lass and Mm. people would find you attractive. Mm. But, obviously, to me, I think that it it was a total different, like, reason. Even though they didn't know me, thinking back now, they definitely didn't. I mean, I barely even had conversations with them about what I'm about. But, yeah, um, so I just... Yeah. You've learned from your experience. Yeah. So like if you, for example, could talk to Sash back in the day and you've got like only two minutes with her, what would you say to her? Probably just like just be more aware of like people really. Be more aware of people. Yeah, and you know, just like like obviously people get used to like you, you think everybody's nice out it. Mm. Like I never used to see like a bad whenever I met new people, whether that was through jobs, women or men, like I always used to think like I could never see any bad in them, do you know what I mean? Mm. It, even though they could do some shit, I used to think, Oh no, they are a good person. Yeah. Even though Basically telling you to listen to your instincts then. Yeah, just yeah, just be like, no, not everyone is nice. Like people are assholes. Yeah. People lie, people cheat, people are, don't have no interest in that. They don't want to really be friends. Yeah. Just it from you in some sort of way. And um, and probably just to do like not feel bad. Um, you know, do you know what I mean? No. Not feel bad about So like say like when I when I used to people when I was younger, like I used to feel bad. Like I used to kind of know they really want me. But if they were being nice, I used to feel like almost guilty. Yeah. So then I would let it kind of like go on for maybe a lot, a lot longer. And then find something would happen. And then I think, oh, God, that's my opportunity to like not be involved in that. But really, I should have from the start been like, it's just not for me. Yeah. I think I'm very much like that now, but I feel like for a lot of years I was definitely like a kind of pushover, really. Mm, that's so it. I was probably just like, yeah, probably be sick. If you don't want to do something, or you don't want to be involved with a friendship or you know a relationship then just to back out go on happy feel and yeah yeah I, I just aren't interested yeah I think that takes a lot of courage though to say you know what I'm out yeah I think that takes especially when you're younger because you know you have so many like your friends are everything aren't they and like the relationship that you have they're like they're so new and you know you've never had love like it blah 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 to yeah. take the courage to be like, do you know what? No, I'm out. It's huge. And you you can, like, look back and see certain friends who were like that already. I can think back and look at some humans that were just like, yeah, you know, that confident type of, this isn't for me. But then a lot of the time, I'd say the majority of humans I know were just like you and I. Like, yeah, I actually feel like... Well, not bad, but like guilty is definitely the word that you use there. And I'm like, yeah, you feel guilted into staying. 
even though you know it's not right that's mad like why why are you guilt tripping yourself because they aren't guilt tripping themselves are they yeah i think there's a lot of people that are just that Mm. so what's going on with you then well um it's january 2021 um it's a sunday um not a lot really i started <laughs> like literally i've recorded this entire conversation okay you're really not gonna play that to anyone <laughs> i think I it'll like be fascinating <laughs> no i think i feel like it was real unprofessional <laughs> no actually it's more natural this way because we went into endometriosis and we went into your pregnancy like that that is spot on so basically, I had the idea um, because I was reading this news article and it was this woman in America who was on death row, right? And mm-hmm. they haven't executed any woman on death row since 1953. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then um, obviously, you know, the things that happen, you have like your special last meal and all of this hoo-ha. And they also have, like, any last words for you to say before, you know, you die. And I was just yeah, like, oh, I... that's so fascinating. And she, But she refused to say anything. And I was like, ooh. Ooh, and then it just triggered my idea of, like, I should start my podcast where I have the, um, like, title of any last words and, like, have the person talk about anything that they want to talk about. And then we just, like, have chat and bam and then we end it on like do you have any last words and it's like can you imagine like to just put <laughs> all that pressure on that person you're like any last words and you're like <clears throat> yeah so that's where it's come from no that sounds like a good idea to be fair i was actually howling at the text messages between <laughs> us because i was like i'm i'm gonna start a po-, and you're like okay that's cool and i can hear your enthusiasm because of who you are as a human <laughs> and like me trying to ask like i want to talk about like maybe something that you know more about than me which is obviously ender and i don't know a lot about Ender and what I know about Ender is because of you and like you were like I don't really know because I I was just like this is gonna be um in because you (laughs) I I don't even know how to like I was just like I'll just send her and you're just like and then when you was like oh that is so much happening at once isn't it like how do you listen to that and I was thinking like she's probably gonna hate what I actually do but I'm gonna do it anyway and like um yeah so that's where we're at yeah podcast don't really probably interest me that much if I'm honest why not I mean I've never really to be honest I've never really listened to it but like all I can go on is like when you listen to radio yeah and the music stops and then they start talking that that part is my worst nightmare (laughs) I actually turn the volume down because I don't really care for what they've done I don't like some of the voices right you know the kind yeah. of goes through me rather than appeal to me right. I think oh too loud Jojo is it Jojo just like I thought one I mean I don't even I'm not that fond of that radio station <laughs> and I did meet her in real life because she stayed at the hotel one time right and I can't remember the guy who 
honestly i don't listen to capital one i do listen to like um radio humberside i listen to radio six and radio four and then podcasts and music so i don't actually listen to radio oh, one God, or capital because it's that. like that everybody's a bit too loud for me <laughs> yeah like she does have this real distinctive voice and it's really like rough and really loud and i only remember like in the morning capital mm. which I've, I've actually removed it from the car list now <laughs> because in the morning when it's 7am well actually earlier than that it's probably about quarter past six and then she's she's just bawling her mouth off it instantly puts me in, in a bad mood I think oh my god your voice is just it's killing me off <laughs> so I just have to turn her off um, so I have a, the radio in my kitchen right what I got off camera and Sherry the dog you know like when i go out i leave the radio on for him yeah so sometimes when the music's on i don't mind listening but then when they start talking i'm just like that's my switch off point i find that so funny about you because you're like one of the best listeners that i actually know <laughs> so it's like really you're like actually i've got no time to hear what a person's got to say volume down like I would never have picked, like, I can say that about Sherry, yeah, she'd do that, but I would never have thought that's what you do. Um, <laughs> you've shocked me, actually. Yeah, I don't know why, but it just, it really irritates me. It's like, I've been, I've been I, I, I swapped Capital One for Magic. Oh, I love because magic. Because I, I really want to get into, like, more smooth music. I'm actually really into country music at the minute. I love country so, music, yeah. Honestly, I really do love it, and... My thing in the morning is to change my routine. So I, I get up, I make a drink, I run a bath, and then I just listen to country music. It's just real soft. It really, I feel like it sets me up for the day mm. in a real good mm. mood, yeah. right? And then I thought, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll get the radio station in the car. I right. can't get a country radio station for some reason in the car. So I thought, I'll go for Magic is probably the next, next best thing. <laughs> and then this fucking Vernon Keaton and somebody else, I don't know who the woman is, they're just talking it absolutely ruins it for me absolutely just ruins it like a real or they'll put a real smooth song on and then they'll put like a spice girl song on that's like quite you know like stop right now and I'm No, I feel yeah, that because I think song. the DJ aspect of it, it depends on the radio station that you listen because some do the transition of talking to then like the track real well and then the next track actually suit the tone and the rhythm of the day. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, yeah, they'll throw a spice and you're like, bop, but then you're like, no, I was just listening to Snow Patrol chasing cars and I'm not prepared yeah. for that mood change. Yeah. <laughs> My emotions can't go from like Snow Patrol to like Spice Girls. I mean, it just can't do it. I, emotionally, it's impossible for me. I need to like, you know, I need to, I need to get in there like mm. in a slow pace. Mm. No, I'm with so, that. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm not keen on. I mean, maybe if I come across a podcast that was like really interesting to me, and I like to pick because I like voices. Certain people's voices I could listen to all day long. Like, for example, like like who who do I listen to <clears throat> talks? It's obviously not anyone from a podcast because I don't really. Well, I've never really listened to one to be honest. Um, You're missing the video cube of. Oh, you obviously. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I was some, like five minutes. Like. <clears throat> um. No, I 
know you are. I won't. I won't, I won't actually look into this. That I was too busy trying to concentrate and thinking. But no, like you're really interesting to listen to. Like even though our life is nothing that's similar, we don't share much really in common. No country music. I've just learned that we have that in yeah, common. That's music. nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't have that much in common. Yet I still find what you would tell me. I'm like still interested in it. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like it's very inspiring. If you are a single person of your age and you can have the the space to sort of flip between what you want to do mm. with your ideas and stuff like that like you know my life is just my life I'm just a parent and work part time that makes me happy I don't want I'm, I'm happy with that but considering that we don't just speak about like we couldn't just talk about like my life a kid like having a, a kid and being a mum because you might not really be able to adapt I've never sort of been a director of a film or mm. do you know what I mean yeah yeah being into drama so I think that that we do world conversation really well considering it's very we're so very different different yeah so i think that's because of you being an actual decent human if you weren't i probably wouldn't have time for you to be honest yeah i totally um yeah, but probably the same for you, though, because you are just a nice... I think we're similar in that way. Mm. I think we're quite laid back and open to things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. I'd say so. Pardon? When you do that, that reminds me of Nana. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> she was a little doll wasn't mm, she I'd, do you know what that is one person I wish I could have a, like an episode with like can you imagine it would be censored to the mass Death. <laughs> like, <laughs> like obviously but yeah I think one of the most fascinating humans in our world really but never really got to listen too much to us you know what I mean and yeah, have that definitely. many conversations because of time. Yeah, mm. I, I think she has a lot of stories to tell. Mm. And you, but you probably do, you know you know when you're younger you don't realize no. them little stories how much they are impacting or like you know interesting. Mm. But then obviously now like sometimes I watch some or read some and I'm like oh no she wouldn't have learned about that. Yeah. Or like just questions that you want to ask that are real random that just pop into your mind. Yeah. But obviously you can't. You maybe wouldn't have maybe thought of that when you were younger when she was. I suppose it's just taking people for granted, isn't it, really? I think it is. And again, like you said, when you're younger, you don't really appreciate the elders. Yeah. You're like, well, they don't really have much to contribute to my life. You know, I know everything. Thank you. Um, But yeah, like when I'm watching like the Sony Classics channel and they've got, again, a Sydney Poitier film with um, Tusa with Love, I must have watched it over about six times last year because they kept playing it. And I know like that was Nana's, uh, one of Nana's favourite actors. And I just love that film as well. And when I watch it, it just makes me feel kind of like at Nana's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, on the sofa with her, even though she's not. That's what that film brings that feeling of. So yeah, cute. Yeah, no, I was watching randomly Columbo. Oh yeah, yeah. Bit, like made as she wrote, but yeah. Columbo, and he had that like funny eye. He did have that and funny then... eye, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just on the other 
day and that instant I remember, and I was like I ended up watching it from start to the end yeah and um, and I was really like really interested in it mm. but then I thought it was just because it it brought like a just a homely sense of oh I remember when like I'd come in from school or whenever yeah. I think the play was on an afternoon that would remind me of like she'd be cooking a stew which you'd smell when you first walked in yeah and then you just feel so homely and mm. it'd be raining outside it'd be freezing cold mm. she'd have your pyjamas on the radiator on yeah. fire at the time um and then you'd sit and watch Columbo and you'd you know you'd both be guessing like who killed who was the murderer <laughs> or whatever and it was someone that you just wouldn't even have thought of no you know so yeah that brings back nice warm memories just homely memories I mm, think I mean, mm, you mm, feel mm. the feeling of home I yeah think. that's exactly it like I think it's rare that you can get that watching certain things but if you've watched it with like a person that you love like it just changes anytime you watch it like any Elvis film I remember distinctly the first Elvis film watching was Love Me Tender with my mum and I remember the sofa Aww. it was the one in Erin Street do you remember that ugly patterned green one yeah oh, I, I hated that sofa <laughs> Oh, it's still giving me... Yeah, and, like... But we had these nice pillow cushions that were, like, huge. Good to cuddle. Well, especially when you're young and little. You're, like, tiny, aren't you? So any big pillow is a big pillow. And I was having real bad earaches. I had to stay off because of my ear. And was just... And it's quite... Obviously, because when you come from a big family, there's never really a time where you just spend with you and your mum, like, one-on-one. Yeah. And that was the only time I can really remember where it was just, like, one-on-one, being young. And it was, like, Elvis had come on the telly and he was just, like, playing his guitar. And it's black and white. And my mum's just sat there with her tea and I'm sat there as well. I'm in pain, but it was just, like, the sweetest moment, you know. And I started blushing because I had a crush on Elvis. I'm not going to lie. When he starts (laughs) strumming... And it's just like, oh, these moments, these, like, homely feelings, you don't get. Like, often, it's just something that all of a sudden comes over your body and you're like, that's mum's home feeling, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's real nice that, like, something like a silly film. That yeah. Was, like, you know, I would never watch, I would never watch Columbus now. <laughs> and I'm sure that you wouldn't particularly think, do you know what, I'm actually going to put... I mean, I actually else. would. Because um, I'm well, a fan, okay. but yeah. <laughs> but maybe not with the intentions of feeling the impact that it does bring mm, watching it. Yeah, definitely. Which I think obviously is all about that person that you that you were connected with For sure. at the time of watching that. It's a massive impact how they've made you feel. Mm. I wouldn't put on like High School Musical just because I need to feel the love of Chloe, for example. I'm like, no, don't need yeah, that right now. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, uh, <laughs> High School Musical, when Ugh. I feel like back and forth, definitely reminds me of Chloe. Right. Like, 110%. It, I, I, but it makes me, like, laugh. Mm. I just laugh to myself and I think, oh, God, and then I'll get maybe a little memory of, like, yeah. being at your mum's. I just find it ridiculous that the Disney Channel played that every day, to be honest. And I don't... It was, like, pre <laughs> pre the time where, like, you recorded programmes. It That wasn't a thing then. And it was constantly on every single day. And without fail, she'd be like, oh, do you know what we should watch? Just like, sister, sister, <laughs> anything else, you know? Literally anything else. Robot Wars, put that on. Like, you don't have to, like, 
play um do you know what i bought recently angel delight oh my god i have some last night no yeah i've got the strawberry one yeah i bought it because i was like i'm feeling i don't know nostalgic for angel delight don't know what it is <laughs> like yeah so i haven't had it yet I used to have it all the time. yeah and then i've seen it i got the key to get these little pots but they're not the same no 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 you need the powder one don't you yeah. the actual powder yeah and i bought some and i was like you know what i always have these and then last night i did see and i was like god did you always have the angel fight when you were little and we was like yeah i did actually and i said i'll make us one. Oh yeah and i got the key literally it's just some things blast from the past aren't they because i was just yeah. like what because i like my jamaican ginger cake as well right i buy that like every other week so I, I like that and then angel delight was like there on the shelf kind of like looking at me and it's like hi yeah. all right then <laughs> Quickly, um, what I'm going to ask you to do is just to introduce yourself now. Hi, I'm Sasha. I'm 33. I live on a council estate. I'm a mother to one. Got one on the way. <laughs> and that's about it, really. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I actually love that. Um, and what's your relationship to me? Like, how do you know me? So I know Vicky because... We are actually related. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm Lee's auntie. Mm. And like best mate. Um, like this is the thing now. Obviously the podcast is called Any Last Words. And for example, like I told you the idea behind it, like if you were on DR, what would your last words be? And it doesn't mean like to me or to anybody, what would your last words be in general? I would probably say just be as happy as you can be. Mm. Like life is hard, so just make the best of it. That's literally it. Peace out, bro. <laughs> so be as happy as you can be. Yeah, you know, I think, I think life is hard, mate. I feel like you're quite lucky if you have some sort of peace of life, if you know what mm. I mean. But I mean, I do think it's quite difficult. Mm. You have to just make the best of what you've got, do you know what I mean? And not feel like you're not doing your best or that you haven't got the best. Maybe because you see what other people are doing and you think, oh, why aren't I driving a nice car or why aren't I got all this money? Other things that can make you happy. Simple things. Simple life. So simple things like listening to country music in your car. Yeah, like yeah. it's real relaxing. <laughs> mm -mm. So do you have a favourite song that we can like add to a playlist? Put on any last words, so like any last songs. My favourite one at the minute is called Tennessee Whiskey. I love that song. Yeah. And honestly, I just I, I think I just love it. Oh, it's such I a track. Just, it is. Yeah. Just, like that's I listen to that morning when I think about it I just love it so much so yeah are you excited to hear this podcast um a little bit <laughs> I'm just a bit nervous because obviously it's not planned it's like it's general like when you speak <laughs> yeah so happy. 
if I'm going to be one of those people that, like, if, if I was to listen to it, would I think, oh, God, you're getting on my nerves, and do you know what I mean? Like, I said, you know, earlier, people have to have just that voice for me. They do, and yeah. And that can suck me in, but if, if it's a voice I'm not really keen on, or maybe an accent, I'm a bit like, no, mm. don't want to listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> I think at that, we're going to wrap it there. Um, yeah, I don't want to listen to her. Is the perfect ending to this podcast episode with Sash. Thank you for being a human who wanted to do it. Or not wanted to do it, who would do it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know me, I'm just, you know, I'm just chill. You're just like, we're doing this, and I'm just like, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> Amazing. You're amazing. And um, I'm sure I'm going to get loads of messages asking, who is this human? Where can we find her? I mean, who even listens to this, really? Like, You'll be surprised, Sash. You'll be surprised. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why people think she's joking? Like, yeah, you're probably going to be like, oh, my God, I didn't say that. And I'm just like, I've got it on record. <laughs> but yeah i hope you have a lovely jacket potato and chili and um if that was your last meal on earth would you be happy i'd be absolutely good if this is my actual last meal like it's all right no what would your last meal be a sunday roast would it? Yeah, or Sherry's Christmas dinner was fucking awesome, really nice. Really? Yeah. How was Sherry? Top notch, yeah. Wow. Oh, I loved it. It was so nice. Cool. Well, my last words to you. Uh, I love you, and I'll speak to you soon. Okay, I love you, and we'll speak to you soon. Peace. Peace out, bro. Bye. Bye. Bye.